I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 215. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Ask kickers, welcome to another episode of The Daily Diaries. We are, we've rounded a corner and we are in the last week of these. Thank you so much for staying with me. If you are just joining me, these started on episode 200 a few weeks ago. So you should probably start from there to have these make more sense. I have a story for you today. I mentioned this, I believe it was in the first week where it was kind of like a side note, and I said, hey, and then this other thing happened, and it was, um, I had mentioned about going back home, and there was a lot of emotion when I do travel back to my hometown, and then I had mentioned that I had a friend that, in the beginning of my book, I wrote briefly about this, and this friend and I were very, very close. We were best friends and then my life fell apart. So she was my best friend during that whole time. And we just really weathered a storm together. Her mom also got really sick during that time. And we went through some tough times together. And then she exited the friendship. And then we rekindled. And then I, she kind of ghosted me, basically, is what happened. And I wrote about that in the book and how it was really hard for me. And I put myself out there. I was really vulnerable. I apologized to her about everything and it didn't go as I had hoped it would. So that was the lesson in the book, talking about how to deal with that when you put yourself out there. In this case, you know, having a hard conversation, I was making amends with someone and I was proud of how I showed up and it still didn't go as I had, um, as I had really hoped that it would. And then anyway, so fast forward, you know, I wrote my book in 2016 and then in October of 2017, I was actually in Huntington Beach hosting a retreat and I got an email from her out of the blue. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait a minute. And it was, I'm not going to lie, it was hard on me. So I'm going to tell you the story a little bit more about that. But before I do, a quick reminder that today, Monday, February 26th, if you are listening to this, obviously on the day that it comes out, which I know many of you do, today is the last day to sign up for Raise Hell, which is my four-month program that I 
I cannot wait to get started. The women that have signed up for this program, I have made many phone calls to them, welcoming them to the program. And I'm just, I, I am pumped. I am so excited to get started on this four-month journey with them. We are going over things like boundaries and hard conversations, tolerations. What are you tolerating in, in your tolerating in your life? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to say yes to? What do you need to be open to receiving? And all of that info is over at yourkickasslife.com slash raise dash hell. We start tomorrow. And just one quick thing. There's no risk with this. I offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you do the first two modules with us and you show up and do the work and you just realize that it's not for you, then you can have your money back. I don't ever want to make people feel like they're being held prisoner and um, and that it's just not a right fit energetically or whatever. So head on over to that page and see if it's great for you. And if it is, I'm ecstatic to have you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yourkickasslife.com slash raise hell. And I will see you over there. Okay, so I'm going to start by kind of telling you a quick timeline of events so the story makes a little bit more sense to you. So in 2007, my friend told me she needed a break from me. And her again, her mom was ill, and I had a lot of drama. And she was obviously um, – it was it was great that she was taking care of herself, and I had to honor that, but it was still devastating for me. And then in 2008 is when I got my life back on track. Her mother was well again, and we were friends again, and, and at the time, we were still living in the same city. And then in 2011 is when my husband and I uh, moved, and with our children, obviously. And um, that friendship kind of organically, we just lost touch. And, and you know, that's sometimes what happens when you move away. And I had also gotten sober right when we moved in 2011. And I was really had thrown myself into recovery and just my own personal development in general. And then in 2012, uh, I wrote her a letter. I wrote her a three-page letter making amends to her for what I had remembered and known that I had done wrong in our friendship. I owned up to some of the things. Again, it was only the things that I knew that I had done. And I knew I wasn't the the um, the best friend that I could have been. And I also told her how much I missed her and that I would love to have her friendship again. So she emailed me back, or no, she emailed me in response to that handwritten letter that I had mailed her, and she acknowledged my letter and accepted my apology, and she asked if we could catch up via email first. And because I think in that letter I had mentioned that we were coming out, because at that time when we when we moved, we were going out every summer back home to visit family and friends, and I had I had let her know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be coming out in a few months if you want to meet up. And so, so she said, you know what, let's just try to catch up via email first. You know, she was saying, she was basically saying like, let's turtle step our way back into this friendship, please. And so she's told me a little about, a little bit about what was going on in her life. And then I replied right away and did the same. And then nothing, nothing. I followed up even and was like, hi, did you get my last email? Did it fall into the 
black abyss of cyberspace? Are you ignoring me? And still nothing. And I was devastated. You know, that's what I wrote about uh, I, just a few paragraphs in the beginning of my book when I, I told you this story. And I said, I like I said, I, I didn't ever know what happened. And I agonized over what I said in that last email, thinking I had said something wrong. Did I share too much? I mean, but this woman was my best friend for a long time. Like we were at that stage in our relationship where, you know, you could share the hard stuff. I mean, I didn't, I didn't throw everything out there. It wasn't like a 17 mile long email, but again, I agonized over, over what I had said, what did I do and, and really started to beat myself up over it. So I had to do a lot of work on letting that all go. And, And it was a good life lesson for me, realizing the stories I was making up about myself, you know, forgiving, forgiving myself for how I acted in the past and, and really just paying attention to what was happening throughout that whole episode of of not getting a response back for her from her. So fast forward October 2017, I never ever check my other messages on Facebook. Do you guys check those? It's usually creepy marriage proposals or spam emails, but for some reason, I felt compelled to check. And lo and behold, it had she had only emailed me like 3 or 4 days before that. There's a message from her. And so we had like five, we have like five or six mutual friends on, on Facebook, but she and I were not Facebook friends. And in this email, she said hello and that she's been thinking of me. It was really sweet and just her, you know, she asked how I was and she said she hoped me and the kids and Jason were well. And, and I was like, and and the and the even more painful thing, like P.S., the even more painful thing about this whole thing is because we have mutual friends, you know how that happens. They take pictures at events and parties and things like that. And like there she is with her family. And and I introduced her to her husband, you know, years and years ago. He was a friend of my ex-husband, and they fell in love and got married and had two kids. And we had children (laughs) two months apart from each other. So her son is two months older than my son, and her daughter is two months older than my daughter. So I'm essentially like watching her children grow up, you know, every, I don't know, six to 12 months, I would see pictures on Facebook of them growing up on Facebook. And I just was like, it just was so painful to know that she's out there like living her life, but know that we are no longer friends and and never know kind of what happened. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.
No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And so when I got that email, I felt like someone had kind of punched me in the face. It felt, it was so weird. I've never experienced anything like it with a friendship because it felt like a long lost boyfriend whom I was in love with a long time ago and that had dumped me and then was circling back with a casual, hey, how are you? <laughs> I had done all this work to forgive myself, to forgive her, to let go. And there she was again. I felt like I was digging up a dead body. And I replied a couple of days later, I was, I waited because my first, it was so interesting too, y'all, because I'm the type of person, and this is something else I've really had to work on, is the sort of like balance around, and this is, this is emotional boundaries is what it is, because I have realized what I, what I had always done. I had gone all in with somebody. You know, if you show me a little bit of, of your heart, like I'm going to show you all mine. And I was starting to realize like this was sort of getting me in trouble. And then so what I, then what I realized I was doing, I was either all in completely or all out. There was no in between for me. And so when I got her email, like immediately, like my hands hit the keyboard and I, I was like, <gasps> I wanted to type like, oh my God, I miss you so much. Where are you? Like, just swallow this person whole. And I think that that's, that's my old love addiction behavior that was sort of like, oh, <laughs> let's take a bite out of this. So I had to really check myself. It was just really interesting to watch. So I sat on it for a couple of days and I wrote her back and said, hi, <laughs> um, you know, glad to glad to hear from you. And I told her I would be in San Diego in January. And did she want to meet up? Because I was that's when I was going to be out there for, out for my book tour. And I, I tried my best to not hold on to any outcomes that I wanted. Because for all I know, she could have just wanted to say hi, like, like just casually, hey, I saw your picture pop up in, you know, our mutual friends thing and just wanted to say hi. You know, she could have come back and been like, no, I'm not really that interested. I just wanted to say hi and how you were doing. And so I had to really understand that that could happen and that would be really painful for me. But I also knew that I couldn't have this kind of casual, blase relationship, like pop into my life whenever you want and say hi. It felt like trying to be friends with an ex-boyfriend. I don't know about y'all, but I have never been good at that. Like, <laughs> Nope. I, I just, I, it, it takes up too much space and energy in my heart. So I have to, that's a boundary that I've had to make 
Anyway, so that's kind of the things I was I was thinking of. So we made plans to have lunch. And I think also, you know, when I walked away from that that Facebook conversation and I was really thinking about it and I think that war, part of why the friendship that she and I had held so much weight and emotion was because she was there when the ship went down for me, when everything fell apart. And in the email exchange, the short email exchange that we had back in 2011, one of the things that she said was, I watched you weather so much then. My heart broke for you over and over again. And I realized that I was, I mean, for her to have to be my person then, you know, and, and neither of us really had the tools to deal with that kind of a magnitude of of what was going on in both of our lives. It was probably triggering for her to talk to me again, you know, as it was for me too. And and I, neither of us really knew how to how to weather the whole thing. And so it just it it really made me realize when she said that to me, and I was like, wow, she she did really care and love me. And um, it must have been really hard for her. I never stopped to think how hard it must have been for her to watch me go through that, someone that you that you care about so much. So anyway, I knew going into this meeting with her, I was walking into discomfort and comfort at the same time. You know, she was someone who knew me then, someone who genuinely loved me and had been there through her own growth over the last decade as well, even though I haven't been a part of her life since, you know, really like 2010. And she was also someone who was willing to hear everything I had to say and was willing to say all the hard things that she felt too. So we met at a restaurant and we met for, it was like a three hour lunch. And I think it was incredibly healing for both of us. What had happened too is that she, during the time that we weren't speaking, this was about a year before my dad died, she lost her mother. And it was, it was not easy for me to find out about that on, on Facebook. Again, just a, one of our mutual friends had mentioned it and I was like, holy shit. Her mom was an incredible human being and I didn't even know that she was sick again. Last I knew that she was was well, and uh, I found out that she died. And so, you know, my friend got to tell me her story of her mom's passing, and then I told her the story of losing my dad. And we talked about motherhood and marriage, and laughed about things we hadn't thought about or talked about in ten years. I so, and I told her how hard it was for me to get her email last October, and that I was afraid to let her back in. and And she apologized, and she told me. That in um, 2011, when she never replied to my email, it was because, you know, she got my email sort of telling her what was going on in my life. And it was nothing, you know, enormous. It was just like regular life stuff. But when she got it, she wasn't sure she was ready to let me back in and that she didn't have the words to talk to me about it. So she backed away quietly. And I understood that. I I get that. I totally get that. And one of the things too that she told me that was really really hard for me to hear, but I think is so important in in my own work and is so important in friendships in general 
And she told me, she said, and I also didn't know how to tell you that sometimes you were mean to me. And again, I felt like she <laughs> had punched me, um, partly because she's right. And and I said, I don't, I'm not at all trying to make excuses, but because again, she's true, true story. I own that. And I told her, looking back on it, like I didn't, I didn't understand this at the time. I couldn't make sense of it. But the reason that I was, was because I was so angry. I was so angry at my circumstances of where I was in. I was unhappy in my relationship and had been for years and so desperately wanted it to change, but it wasn't changing and it had been a long time. And I took it out on the people that I loved the most. The people that I trusted would never leave me. Isn't that what we do? We we tend to take out our emotions. It's called offloading hurt. And um, it's something I work on with my clients who do the rising strong process with me. And we all do this to some extent. And I did it to her. And it was because, like she had mentioned, didn't have the words to put around what was actually happening. And and true for me is that I didn't have the courage to leave the relationship I was in to go and really find true happiness. I didn't have the courage to own the responsibility that I had to myself and to really, truly look at what I was tolerating in my life. I knew from a surface level that I was tolerating a lot of bullshit, but I didn't understand the magnitude of it. I was so, I felt so stuck and I really wasn't. I just chose to be stuck and I chose to take it out on the people who I loved the most. And I think her exiting that friendship was probably the best thing for both of us. And the way she described it is she put her hands together and and then she kind of separated them and put them back together. And she said, she's like, it feels to me that we needed to be together and come apart to grow as we are individually as women so that we can come back together and be better for each other. And it just... It just was so interesting how, you know, realizing how our friendships can hold as much emotion and break our hearts, just like our romantic relationships can be. And it's imperative that we honor that, whether the person circles back like my friend did or they didn't. And I know that our friendship can never be like it was, you know, when we we really, um, you know, we had some really great times before we had kids just so many great times and then watched each other have babies and go through that stage together. And we live on opposite coasts now. So I know that that's difficult to, I mean, it's hard enough to maintain friendships locally, but to maintain friendships from that far away is tricky. And and we talked about that, but we are willing to, to catch up and, and, and when I go out to San Diego, I will, I will always do my best to try to see her. And I don't know, I just feel there's something about still being close and honoring the people who were with you through some really hard times and the people that you have that kind of history with that know that deep part of you. I just think it's something really special. And I never would have thought it would turn out how it did. I really, truly did not ever think it would it would turn around and that she would circle back and do that. But I guess when you surrender – 
like I always try to do, the universe hands you exactly what you need. So that's it. And I hope that you can honor the feelings that you have within you, uh, within your friendships and join me tomorrow as I'm going to be telling you a story about my daughter and some baby bunnies. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, ass kickers, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.